sorry you cut out there. I just got a delayed thing where you're paused and I could hear you talking, and then like, sorry, you, I could see you listening to me as like, no, no, it's it's the internet, but mm. it was like, it was kind of funny because I just I'll cut this out of the show. It's not, not really relevant. It's, it, th- those sort of <laughs> but, things are funny. Like it, it happens to me so often where something will pause and then um, all the words will come at once. So you hear a big silence and then mm-hmm. just, um, mm. but yeah. Not ideal, but look, that's the the joy anyway, of um, online. I suppose. That's the Zoom life. Yeah. Thug life. Um. of the show that you were listening to. Hello, 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 Hey, how's it going? Hey, James, how are you? I'm not too bad now, Peter. How are you doing yourself? <laughs> I'm all right. Got a very special birthday while we're recording this episode. Yeah, there's a special birthday boy on the podcast. Special birthday podcast. Yeah, it is uh, Paul Pogba's birthday, I'm happy to say. Oh, really? But no, it's James Lewis. <laughs> I think it is actually Pogba's birthday. Oh, so. no way. <laughs> It's here today or yesterday. So. Yeah. Well, the um the famous person that I share my birthday with is um Michael Scott from The Office. I don't know if you're hey. a big Office fan, but um, I didn't know this is birthday. <laughs> the reason I know it because he mentions in one episode that he has the same birthday as Eva Longoria, and then I also have the ah. same birthday as Eva Longoria. <laughs> so I have deduced that me and Michael um share the same birthday. So I can't remember my one. I- I always look it up when it's on. Oh, Winona Riders, that's kind of a cool one. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Bob Ross. And, no way. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Joseph Goebbels. Oh, wow. Too. Wow. So, uh, mixed, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's like mixed. opposite ends with Bob Ross and then fucking Goebbels. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Scorpios, am I right, fellas? Uh, <laughs> so our episode today was introduction to statistics um which is the eighth episode i believe of season one i think that's james you want to take us through the plot that's uh last week's one was it this is home economics Mm. oh yes you're right yeah this is this one's yeah it is home economics and (laughs) I, i realized that it's called home economics because jeff is having issues with his home he is being kicked out of his condo by yes. the condo association. Not sure what a condo is. I don't know if we have them in this country, but he's he's kicked out of his. Um, I think they're like fancy bungalow apartments. Yeah, I'd like. That's what I'd guess. I tried to look it up before what it was. Um, actually, speaking of Michael Scott, it was because he bought a condo, and I was wondering what a condo oh, was. Oh right. <laughs> uh, but I looked it up, and I still don't know what it is. Um, so yeah, that's that's my extent. Um, all the knowledge that I have but yeah Jeff is getting thrown out of his condo because um, he I guess can't pay his rent or whatever Um, and he's living in his car and this episode revolves around uh, Shirley and Britta finding out about it Um, and then they they tell the group and it's how Jeff copes with this kind of downward spiral he's on where he you know first Mm. he he gets kicked off being a lawyer and then he (laughs) enrolls in Greendale and now he's living in his car so it's going a bit downhill for him Um, and he has to cope with that in this episode 
Yeah, and it actually it leads him to moving into with Abed after uh, there's a scene with him and Britta where his kitchen, as Britta calls it, gets towed in the background, his car getting yeah. picked up around the college. Yeah. Um, so he moves in with Abed and there's some good kind of character building scenes with him and Abed that get a bit closer as the episode goes on mm. after he moves in. But to the point where Abed also eventually, to skip ahead, asks Jeff to move out. Well, no, he's not asked to move out. He gets Britta... To kind of convince him to get his life together as opposed to staying with yeah. Abed all the time. As Abed puts it, it's like E.T. Like, he's been great for Abed, but not good for Jeff. Yeah, yeah. It's, really, it's not good for Jeff to stay with him. It's a really nice move from, from Abed because Abed is benefiting from Jeff's downward spiral because he has a, a, bunk mm. be- or a bunk buddy now. And they just hang out and yeah. um, eat cereal and stuff. But yeah, it's an interesting question is out in the episode. It's like, what... You know what should Jeff do because you know it suits Abed to uh, stay in his room, eat cereal, and watch TV, but that might not suit Jeff. And then uh, that's what they have to kind of figure out. Um, like originally, Britt is trying to convince him that he doesn't need the fancy apartments because she thinks he's a bit of a you know a dickhead anyway with all his you know obsessions mm-hmm. with uh, material stuff. And she, she, yeah. For example, his um, custom-made Italian faucets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That he's very, very proud of. But yeah, she, she basically <laughs> says to him, um, "Downgrading your lifestyle is your chance to grow as a person." And then she says, "The less you have, the more you can be," which is a quote that sounds quite inspirational, but doesn't really make a mm. lot of sense. I'm not sure where the no. logic is behind that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, basically she's trying to, you know, she thinks, oh, originally it'll be good for him to try and, you know, reevaluate his life. But uh, he just... Yeah, it just sends him into the spiral yeah. of staying on the couch all day watching cartoons with Abed eating cereal yeah. and walking around campus in his boxers eating whipped cream. Oh, the whipped cream at our, um, scene is amazing. It's like... <laughs> Because it's, it's a good question, like, when you're in um, Greendale, like, you might as well just go around eating whipped cream. And he, like, skips class yeah. as well, but at the same time, like, you know, Jeff is all about doing the, the lowest amount of work. So I wonder, like, you know, would it actually suit him to kind of live like Abed and that sort of stuff? But I guess, yeah. you know, um, in the, the resolution of the episode, we, we see that, you know, he actually doesn't doesn't really enjoy it and it was a, a kind of a symptom of his uh, downward spiral rather than um yeah something that is actually good for him so um yeah it's it was it was good for abed but it wasn't good for jeff um and he manages to try and kind of move on with his life this whole the whole of season one is just coping with um going to greendale which is you know mm-hmm. really interesting for him but yeah and then we have i thought the Sorry, oh yeah, I was gonna bring up the same thing. The next, just the the B plot. I thought it was very funny uh, with uh, uh, Annie trying to uh, get with Troy, but him completely not getting it whatsoever in a very funny, oblivious yeah. fashion. It's it's interesting because essentially um, Troy has like friend zoned Annie um, and is oblivious mm-hmm. to the fact that she's madly in love with him. And it's, it, I don't know, I find it interesting because... Um, I, there is some, I just always find a comic thing too. For some reason, I always just think it's very funny when a guy in a TV show or movie completely ignores a very attractive woman clearly hitting on him and is mm. just completely oblivious to it. I just think it's a very good comic well yeah. to draw from. There's something very funny about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> poor Troy is so oblivious. But yeah, it's, it, yeah. it's interesting because um, like it's 
quite often it would be or in in media it's portrayed um the other way around where you know the the guy gets friend zoned and he's like oh you know i'm being such a good friend why can't you see you know it's like the whole thing where oh, i'm yeah, such a, most I'm of the such time a good it's guy kind of why like, is she not in love with me <laughs> yeah and most of the time it's just a the guy being a creep yeah. and being obsessed with one yeah. person <laughs> but yeah poor annie like annie's issue is that she um, is lacking confidence to actually say how she feels, and yeah. you know, Shirley's trying to convince her that you know, you know, Annie's mm. helping Troy plan his date, which is a horrible thing to do to help someone you like um, plan a date with a different yeah. person. <laughs> but she she sees it as an excuse to kind of uh, hang out with Troy and that sort of stuff. But you know, she kind of mm. I guess figures out in the end that you know it's you know it's it's worse for her in the long run if she keeps going on like that. Yeah, it doesn't help her at all. It's just kind of her being too scared to tell him how she feels, but also she's making herself unhappy by helping him get with someone else. Like, not even just being a supportive friend, she goes out of her way, like, to help Troy, where she gives him her grandmother's blanket for him to go on a date with someone else with at a picnic. Oh, yeah. She gives Troy the idea for the date, too, yeah. hoping he'll ask her. Yeah. Because... The way Troy words is like, oh, I have this friend who I kind of like, who I know, and I was wondering if I asked them for a date, what should we do? And then he's like, great, thank you, Annie. Tracy will love this. Yeah. I think it was Tracy. Yeah, essentially, you know, she's she's all excited because she thinks uh, it's finally going to happen, and then it doesn't. But yeah, and in the end, she doesn't actually tell him that she likes him. But no, she, she just takes the blanket away. But as Annie says, that's a big thing for her. Yeah, it's a big step. Definitely. So <laughs> we're proud of her for that. But she she needs to, you know, go further anyway. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, it was kind of like it, it's. Oh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. But it's kind of interesting the Troy Annie thing because it it kind of started off in season one but didn't really go anywhere. Um, like yeah. the, the way they match the characters well, together. Well, this is kind of at the end of it, I think, nearly. Because I think it, in the next episode, she kisses Jeff at the end of the debate. Because mm. I think that's the next episode. So that probably is why. Because not only does she kind of get over to in the sense like, yeah, this is never going to happen. He's not that mm. interested. But also she likes Jeff then. Yeah. I think after that. Yeah. Oh, and also... Um... Annie has a thing with another character who appears in this episode. Oh, Vaughn. she does. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, that's soon too. The, oh, I, lo I love Vaughn. Vaughn oh, that episode. was another plot in this. Vaughn in this one episode is very funny. Yeah. Like, his transformation from the cappy-go-lucky uh, hippie to uh, the scorned emo boy yeah. uh, making songs about Britta, calling her a bitch. Like, it's just very funny. And I think it is kind of something clever about, like, how... Uh, men talk about their exes in songs where it's just Britta did nothing wrong and he's just straight away turning yeah. the song like Britta's a bitch yeah. I hate her she's stupid yeah. <laughs> you know it's like yeah that is true of a lot of songs when you think about it yeah no definitely like... and also of course Pierce joining the band is always f a funny uh, addition to that yeah Vaughn's band yeah definitely like <laughs> essentially because Vaughn is so mad at Britta there's this one line that I really really liked where he's like Britta you're you're toxic and then he goes you're the exact opposite of an antioxidant which is <laughs> you know a throwback to our yeah that's the thing we joked about yeah 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 we were joking about that the other episode yeah. <laughs> what's the opposite of antioxidants yeah exactly but it, apparently like we're led to believe that the, the song was actually co-written by Pierce 
you know, he, he, yeah. he says, are you trying he, to garfunkle me? He says the me? backing <laughs> vocals, I think. Yeah, he's trying to garfunkle me. Yeah. <laughs> Which, of course, leads then to the, you find out that the, that's what Vaughn basically does anytime he falls out with anyone, is he writes a, a song calling them a bee. Yeah. Because they, at the end of the episode, after Pierce leaves the band, he just uh, changes the song slightly with a rap as well mm-hmm. to Pierce is a bee yeah like Pierce, <laughs> it's just the same thing he does every time someone crosses him. yeah oh poor Pierce he was so excited to be in the band um yeah I love the shot of Pierce um bragging eventually after being annoyed eventually starts bragging that he's the person in the song yeah insulted to the people around him yeah definitely it's about me yeah it's great and he, the, even the um the uh, after credit scene in this mm. um I think is it the first it one that doesn't funny. have Troy and Abbott, I think. I think so, yeah. Mm. First one with Pierce anyway is the main thing. Yeah. It's one of the few I can think of. But yeah, I would have liked to maybe have seen that as a background because in later episodes, I think Vaughn leaves after this season. Mm. But um, yeah, that would have been kind of funny if there was like an ongoing battle rap feud yeah. between Pierce and Vaughn. Yeah. And the same rapper doing both yeah. of their yeah. <laughs> songs. Oh, it was a great, like, because Pierce is just there with his keyboard and he turns on some beat. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. then he starts playing piano. It's, a, it's actually a sick beat. So, yeah, it's very funny. The, the, the lyrics were hilarious, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was actually a bit of a tune. Would recommend, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, like, the whole episode doesn't really move the plot along much. I suppose the only thing really would be just be kind of certifying that Vaughn and Britta are definitely done. That would be kind of the main thing. And I suppose... Jeff's plot is moved on in the sense that he's further estranged from his old mm. um, lawyer life where he owns expensive things like faucets he can see his own reflection in that he says are their settings optimized for skin cleanliness to turn on to. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, he's he's slowly coming to terms with, uh, with going to Greenbelt. Um, but yeah, it's, it was kind of yeah a, a funny episode, but you're right, like it, there, there wasn't too much that developed a few random characters here and there and that sort of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of liked it for that, though. I, like, it doesn't... TV shows don't always have to be plot-heavy, especially sitcoms. Like, even for a community, like... Yeah. It was nice to just kind of get, like, a fun, easygoing episode. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, plenty of, plenty of funny scenes. I really enjoyed... Funny goofs and gaffs. Yeah. Do you know the one? Essentially, like, Annie's about to tell Troy that um, she likes him. But then she can't mm-hmm. get up the confidence to say it, so she fakes having appendicitis. Appendicitis. Yeah, that was very funny. That bit we didn't mention that so far. Yeah, and they, they go to <laughs> she the goes to the point office. of faking, isn't it? And yeah, um, your man uh, Patton Oswald. Pat- yeah, uh, is the the doctor or whatever, and um, and essentially he tries to quarantine Annie. He's like Annie, you should stay here and Troy. You need to go away. He's like, oh, I'll go on my date. Um, and then, oh, yeah. and he's just like, "Yeah, that's perfect. That's fine." He hands him the condoms. Yeah, a big load of condoms. And then Troy just looks at Annie and goes, "I'll be thinking of you," because you know she <laughs> she's unwell, but yeah. it, it's it's just gas to yeah. say it while holding a big bunch of condoms. Um, yeah. Um, another good Troy one I thought was when he brings up the joke he made earlier. It was like, "Hey, remember when I made the Annie's backpack joke?" and and he's like, yeah, and you get the impression she's hoping he'll say like, oh, it's because he was doing that because I liked you. Yeah. Troy just goes, yeah, I'm funny. Yeah, <laughs> he's you know <laughs> clearly getting his mojo back. Um, so yeah, he's he's enjoying himself. Um, yeah, one of my other favorite quotes from this was um, about when Pierce asks Vaughn, um, 
are you trying to Garfunkel me? And obviously Ron <laughs> does not know who Garfunkel is. And he, mm-hmm. he confuses it with Garfield. So he says, maybe I am. Oh, yeah, the eating. Yeah, yeah assuming yeah. to Garfunkel is to put up with a fat, lazy cat who hogs the spotlight and eats all the lasagna. <laughs> Which I feel like is, is a big diss on Garfunkel himself as well. You know, not, yeah, not that Garfield. I know much about Garfunkel, but if it, you know, from this <laughs> I can tell he definitely was a fat, lazy cat who hogged the spotlight and ate loads of lasagna. Well, I think Simon was the big member of the two, if I had to say. Because mm. d- didn't he make Graceland as well, Paul Simon? Mm. Yeah, I mean, my uh, my musical, no- my old school musical knowledge is failing me here, but uh, I definitely, <laughs> definitely know more about Paul Simon. I'm pretty sure that's Paul the same Simon. Simon. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe we're maybe that's just what society has made us uh, think. And Garfunkel was actually, oh, you know, there's a yeah, really. Or society makes us think there's always a lesser member of a duo. Yeah, you always had to rank something, man. Capitalism. Yeah, well, I mean, Garfunkel has become, you know, even his name kind of means the like the lesser of two. <laughs> Do you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I feel bad for him. Um, but that's what yeah, society it's kind of like Ringo and the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Where Ringo's like, a, he's a good drummer, and then but because he didn't write as many songs as the others, and he didn't have like the solo career George Harrison had yeah. afterwards, like it's just kind of like, oh, he's the Ringo of the group, yeah, or whatever. Pretty much, yeah. But poor Ringo. Yeah, he's still alive. He's got that over most of the other. Yeah, people. yeah, very blatant. <laughs> Especially if Paul is secretly dead, he's the last one. <laughs> yeah. So you know. <laughs> Yeah, tune in next week to find out if Paul McCartney is secretly dead. We we uncovered the true story. <laughs> <laughs> so, were there any other funny bits you would like to mention, James? Um, Anything that stood out to you? Let me think. I don't know. I just I really enjoyed the uh, the um, Abed and Jeff dynamic. Um, yeah, I do too. It's fun. See- it's always nice seeing that because it doesn't come up as much in the later seasons. Yeah, because they, they get on really well together. I feel like uh, Jeff kind of understands Ovid and appreciates him. Like, you know, the the from the first episode, he goes, I see your value. I think every kind of episode, yeah. we, we begin to see more and more about um, Ovid's value. Um, and like, he, he really is being uh, selfless here. Um, and he's trying to he's trying to get Jeff to do what Jeff wants and he says you can do whatever you want you just have to know what that is and he says for me it's Lucky Charms and TV which is so true like Abed understands who Abed is and then you know Jeff just needs to figure out who Jeff is it's very selfless from Abed yeah it's like even if he does do it in kind of uh an off-putting way where initially he asked Britta just to seduce Jeff to get him back mm. on <laughs> back at his life together yeah. which he just takes as just talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> obviously the more the easier thing to do yeah of course yeah <laughs> of course that's what Abed comes up with because that's what would happen in the same exactly time. yeah he's, he, the whole whole of Abed's <laughs> life is just a TV show so he's like well this is this is the next plot line that has to unfold mm-hmm Okay, um, thank you for listening. Um, special happy birthday to James Lewis. And again, thanks, guys. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.